You're listening to episode 35 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. At the beginning of the school year or a new semester, we EL teachers have so much to do. I mean, we always have a lot to do, but the, there are distinct periods in the school year where it's even more from scheduling to lesson planning to figuring out collaboration with our colleagues. And a couple of teachers recently reached out to me asking about an ILP, what it was and whether I have an example of one. As this is one of the things on my to-do list, I thought it would be a perfect moment to record an episode where I share with you what an ILP is and what to include in it. You will hear about how I structure it, what student information I include, as well as several tips for grading. I hope you find this useful and as always, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to take a moment and thank everyone for such wonderful feedback on the podcast. It's been over six months now since its release, and I have heard from so many of you, whether it's a review on Apple Podcasts or a message on Instagram or a sweet, sweet email, your words really mean the world to me. I created this podcast because I want to share the wisdom that is out there in our field and reach as many teachers who are as passionate about teaching English learners and not only them, as I am. And I also understand that not everyone is ready or able to purchase my offering, so this is my way of serving you all, easygoing, practical, and inspiring. And to celebrate the start of the school year, we are hosting a giveaway. We're giving away three $10 Teachers Pay Teachers gift cards to three lucky winners. If you want to enter, follow these steps. First, follow, rate, and write a review of your favorite episode on Apple Podcasts. Uh, step number two, screenshot it before you submit because it takes some time for it to appear to, in the feed and you might not be able to see it after you submit it. And email the screenshot to hello at simplyyeva.com. That's hello at S-I-M-P-L-Y. I-E-V-A dot com or direct message me on Instagram at Simply Yeva ESL. As a bonus entry, share the screenshot of my podcast or your favorite episode on Instagram stories and tag me. The winners will be announced on September 16th, 2022. So let's get going. All right, let's get started. So today I want to chat with you about an ILP. I call it a personalized learner profile. In other places, this may be called an individual learning plan. Regardless of how you call it, the principle of this document is the same. To help the communication between a general educator and an ELL specialist, and to create a plan that outlines a success path for our English learners. 
In special education, there are IEPs, Individualized Educational Programs, which are lengthy documents that include a lot of information about the student's personal and educational history, as well as outline the goals for the coming year and how they will be achieved. In the ELL world, there is no one program that all ELL teachers use, but there are options. One of such options is Elevation Education Platform, which is an EL program management solution that allows you to collect student data and generate ILPs, among other services. I cannot speak a lot about this platform as I only have looked into it and personally have not used it, but they have have solutions for data management and academic language, to name a couple, and I have seen reports generated by it and heard good things about it. So if your district is willing and able to purchase this program, um, this might be something to look into it. Now, for smaller districts like the one that I am familiar with, we use a much simpler and probably a little bit more involved method of keeping keeping track of data. And uh, one, the Google Sheet with student information, um, access and screener scores, language backgrounds, etc. And this document is just for us, so we can quickly quickly access the information as needed. And the second one is a simple document, the Individual Learner Profile, or ILP, which is used more for collaborative purposes. I have tweaked it over the years based on teacher feedback and knowing myself that in the age of overload of information, I really need my information concise and to the point. So I'm going to share a little bit of what I include and how my ILP looks like. So first and foremost, I include the student name, grade, language background, my name or, you know, EL teacher's name, and whether the student is an active EL student that is receiving services or they are on monitor status. I also include the latest WIDA access or screener scores. And if you're not in a WIDA state, feel free to include the scores of your state test. I know that not all general education teachers are familiar with the WIDA scoring system. So I also share a quick blurb on uh, explaining the scale of... uh, scores one to six. So I write something like on the scale of one to six, one is single word phrases and six is parity with native English speakers. So these are the basics to start the document. And then the next section includes the background information about the student. I have found that as an EL teacher, I may have more information about my student than other teachers. And uh, it is very important, in my opinion, to share the little things that really make a difference for the students in the classroom. So here is a sample of the information that I would include. Uh, Background information such as where the student is from, uh, family information, who they live with, do parents, guardians speak English, Um, Any information about the level of the student's English proficiency, Um, maybe they studied some English prior to arriving, uh, whether they had any English exposure, or maybe this is their absolute first year, you know, hearing the English language and so on. Um, I also include information about BICS, basic personal uh, interpersonal communication skills and CALP, 
cognitive academic language proficiency, uh, some cultural tidbits that might be relevant to the classroom teacher, uh, the student's strengths and interests, uh, things to be aware of, such as any background educational gaps or trauma or something like that. And uh, uh, as the last piece of uh, this information, I include when the student will be receiving Yale services and uh, how the teachers can contact you. So this is where the actual contact is made between the general education teacher, the Yale student, and me, the EL teacher. And it is this short information that makes the next several sections much clearer. And then the next three sections are the can-do statements, recommended accommodations, and grading tips. So I'm going to go through each of them a little bit in greater details, and I am going uh, to start with the can-do statements. So there's a lot of information in the can-do statements. Again, if you're not in a WIDA state, uh, look into your uh, state guidelines. Uh, WIDA has the can-do statements released that uh, pinpoint what the student is able to do at a certain language proficiency, um, and they are really, truly helpful. Uh, so, But there's a lot of information in them. So I typically share only the proficiency level can do that is relevant to my student at that particular time and indicate that the goal is to move them towards the next level. So for example, if I have an entering student, I will list several things that are able that they are able to do right now that the general education teachers can expect from them, such as single word repetition, pointing to objects, drawing answers, answering short yes or no questions. And also, I point them that we're moving towards new vocabulary, short phrases and sentences, question formulation, and so on. So this information can be done in a separate document where you have only level one and two can-do statements, and you can easily link it inside the ILP. So it might be a little bit of work up front, but once you have that information kind of like dissected into levels... Um, that's when, you know, every year you can just link it in the document and share with the teachers. Now, the next step is, or the next piece of information is recommended classroom and testing accommodation. Uh, again, I have them written in a separate document and link it inside the ILP. So in reality, my individual learner profile is maybe two pages tops. Um, so here are a few example accommodations that I might include. So uh, there are classroom accommodations such as eliciting background knowledge, uh, utilizing wait time. Uh, also a very great tip for many teachers, when you say a word, try to write it too so that the students have the, the graphic and the sound representation of the word. Teach vocabulary and provide word banks sentence starters and frames, reduce the use of idiomatic expressions, provide directions in short and clear steps, and many more. And then I also include testing accommodations, uh, which would be allowing students to take quizzes or tests with an EL teacher, allowing for extra time, supplying word banks also, um, allowing students to respond orally or with the help of a drawing or some uh, visual representation instead of writing full uh, sentences, uh, maybe sometimes even using their first language. So, uh, so these are some of the things. This is the second uh, piece of information that I link 
in, in the document. Again, I have all of this in a separate document that is linked inside the ILP. And then the last piece um, that is I think important, but it's also up to a lot of debate because it's really uh, a gray area. It's grading tips. So I do um, include grading tips in my ILP. Um, so it's one of the most challenging document to come up with as there is some information out there, but not really a lot because uh, teaching multilingual learners is so multifaceted, right? So I will link a slide share that I used for this below the episode, and it is called Assigning Meaningful Grades for ELLs. And I did uh, take quite a bit of information using it. It was really, really helpful. So in short, here's a quick view of what can be included in the grading of EL students in the general education classroom. So I, I provide general education tips such as using variety of ways to assess based on what the student can do and their strengths, um, assessing them, you know, using all four language domains, listening, reading, speaking, writing, whichever works best, uh, not grading the language. So, uh, ignoring spelling, grammar, and vocabulary gaps. These are the things that we work together with a student on and, uh, you know, a content area should be tested or actually graded on as content, um, allowing more time and grade improvement. So sometimes if sometimes a lot of my students miss work simply because they just need more time and, um, you know, so, uh, kind of like working with the student and with the teacher to ensure that everybody is learning as opposed to punishing with a zero. Um, giving student choices of how they can demonstrate what they know. This is especially important for newcomers. And, uh, you know, obviously giving timely and understandable feedback and explaining uh, grading in advance and so on. So, you can further break down the grading by student proficiency level. So I'll give you a few examples um, of how uh, you 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 know I you could implement these ideas in your district. So let's say you have students at WIDA proficiency levels one, which is entering through three, which is de developing or three and a half. So in this case, it would be great if a student could be given a passing grade but they have to, uh, you know, you can't just give them a passing grade because they show up, right? Um, you want to give some certain criteria. So the student, for example, is prepared for class with uh, and has the materials, uh, tries some work that is assigned, um, you know, asks questions, at, you know, completes portions of modified work, and so on and so on. So uh, copying notes is also considered uh, classwork uh, because it really uh, helps the student write and understand the, the spelling. So um, the advice would be to give the students, if possible, um, a passing grade, a pass-fail rather than um, a numeric grade. Now, once the student is at a higher proficiency level, such as two developing through five, which is bridging, um, you could grade them with an asterisk um, because you probably would need to accommodate uh, certain, certain work and modify certain work. Um, but you can, you know, like read aloud the assessments, do the extended time, um, reducing the problems and, uh, or linguistic complexity and so on. 
So again, uh, kind of like uh, adjusting the grade uh, based on what the situation is. And then obviously the, the higher levels, such as uh, above three and a half developing through uh, six, you know, would be given standard grades for work that is mostly comparable to their peers. Um, so um, always important to keep in mind that each situation is different. And I think it, grading ELs is a much bigger topic that should be addressed within your larger school community. Um, these are just like suggestions of how you can help the teachers because it is a baffling uh, situation when you have certain assignments and you don't know how to grade an English learner, right? So um, this is just the general information that I include in my ILPs. And just to recap, um, I share uh, basic information on the, you know, on the student, their name, language, home language, uh, some test scores, my information, whether the student is active or not. Um, I also share some background information, something that where they're coming from, what is their English level in general, like what are they like, what are they don't like, you know, where you can find me or, uh, you know, wh what time I work with them. And then um, the can-do descriptors just for the level that the student is at, the accommodations that can be used in the classroom and for assessments, and some grading tips. And again, I already mentioned this is uh, no more than two pages um, because I know um, there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of reading for a lot of teachers. So I want to make it as easy as possible. And um, if whenever I can, I actually make it a point to point it out to the teachers and see um, if we can meet and, and if they want to ask uh, questions so that we can have a true collaboration and ensure that our English learners succeed in their class. So I hope this was helpful to you. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Do you use ILPs? And if so, do you use a specific program such as Elevate or do you create your own? Share with us inside our Facebook group or shoot me a message on Instagram. I can't wait to hear from you. And thank you for listening. And until next time. <music> Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.